Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. Good evening, everyone. Are you surprised as much as I am surprised that I'm standing up here? Oh my goodness. Uh, pastors asked me to minister tonight, and I said, okay, sure, I'll do that. So I'm excited. Did you come hungry? Did you come ready to receive the word of God? You know, there's a table that's prepared for you. There's a table that's already been prepared for you. It has the provision you need. It has the supply that you need, but it's up to you to reach out and take it. Amen. We're going to talk about, this was just really on my heart, and it's been rolling around for the longest time. So I'm really glad that pastors asked me, because now I can finally just get it out. Amen. So um, we're going to talk about living filled and overflowing. Hallelujah. With the goodness of God. That's what God called us to live like. I didn't word that right, but you know what I mean. We're supposed to call, we're called to be filled and overflowing. A filled and overflowing life is a life that's going to reach other people. And that's, that's why we're here. Every time you come to church, you got to come with that mindset. What's my purpose? What's my purpose? You know, we don't just come to a table sometimes just to eat. Sometimes you bring something so everybody else can eat. That's, that's our mindset when we come to church. We're not just coming hungry, we're also bringing something, we're bringing our supply, amen? Yes, amen. amen. So we're going to talk about filling up, we're going to talk about eating from God's table, hallelujah. 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 I want you to go ahead and turn to Psalm 23, and I just, I love the Psalms. I read the Psalms so much in my private devotional life, because it just blesses me. What I love about David is that he pours out his heart to God. He pours out his heart to God. And the result of him pouring out his heart to God is a life that overflows. And it's a life that wins battles. Right? Right? So if you want to live a life that wins battles and you want to live a life that's on top, then you got to live a life where you're in his presence. And that means pouring out your heart to God on a regular basis. It's not a one-stop kind of deal. It's an every day, I got to get in his presence and fill up. Just like in your natural life where you got to eat, you've heard this, just like in your natural life, in your spiritual life, you've got to eat every single day so that you're not spiritually weak. Because if you're spiritually weak, you're going to go without. So in Psalms 23, I'll just start from the beginning because it's so short and I just love it. So I'm going to start. It says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. Ooh, I love that. That means, oh my goodness. So the person who has a covenant with God, the Lord is your shepherd, which means you've got a table. It says, I shall not want, which means every time you come to the Lord and you sit at his table, Everything you could ever, it's not just about what you need. Everything you could ever want is sitting right in front of you at that table. He said, it says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still and quiet waters. I love that. Peaceful path. Verse 3 says, he refreshes and restores my life. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I... Fear no evil, for you are with me. He's seated at your table. Your rod and your staff comfort and console me. And then verse 5. Here it is. Here it is, big kahuna. 
You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. The psalmist said, my cup overflows. He lived filled and overflowing. A filled and overflowing life can only come from times of ongoing fellowship with the Father. He didn't live, he didn't call you to live half empty. Otherwise, he wouldn't have called you to his table. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. If you're seated at a table, there's a reason. He wants you to eat. Right. He wants you to eat. He wants you to eat and be satisfied. He doesn't want you to be in want. Yeah. He's a good God. Yeah. It says, my cup overflows. Oh, praise the Lord. So some will say that they want the fullness of God, but others will put forth the effort and they'll go and they'll sit at the table and say, I'm... I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. Some people wait to be served, and others run to the table and take a seat, and they reach out their hand onto that table of provision, and they take what they need. Yeah. So which one are you going to be? And that's what you gotta, you got to think of when you wake up in the morning. Today, am I going to reach? Am I going to partake on my own, or am I going to wait for something good to happen to me? Yeah. Right. Am I going to wait for something to come my way? Yeah. So many people... Their life doesn't change. And you see it from time to time. Every, I'm sure we all, we work with people and you notice something about them. We don't judge them, we love them. But if you notice something, their, their life is always the same. And every year they've got the same problems. And it seems like they're stuck on the same things. They're always struggling. And then they'll come and talk to you about it and be like, Goodness, I'm just having this problem, and we're sitting there, and we're like, yeah, yeah. But in our head, we're thinking, well, if you would just do this, then all this would be solved. And it's like, well, why aren't they changing? Why are things staying the same? Yeah. And the answer is simple. They, they don't know what it's like to feed at the table of God's goodness. Yeah. They don't know how to feed. They, they've never been taught, and maybe no, no one's ever fed them a good meal, so they don't even know it's sitting there, right? right? Yeah. So it's up to us. God wants you to be fed on a daily basis. So your life just doesn't reach you, but it reaches other people. Amen. A baby has to rely on somebody to reach on the table and then put it in their high chair so they can eat. But if you're a spiritual, if you're grown up and you're mature, you know, grow up with a brother, they just eat everything and they grow really tall, really fast because they're eating all the time. So we can look at our spiritual life kind of the same way. If I want to grow up really fast, really quick, if I want to be someone who's strong in the Lord, then I have to feed on the Word of God often and a lot. And it's very enjoyable, too, once you, if you're a foodie and you like food. But you got to learn how to taste of the goodness of this book. Because if you don't learn, people don't know what they're missing because they don't open up their book. I can look at a restaurant, yeah. and I, say, I look inside the window, I'm like, oh man, that looks good. Everything's fresh. I went to this place um, with some friends in, in Murrieta, and it was called the Goat and Vine, and it was so good. They had like, they make their own goat, or they get like fresh goat cheese, and they put it on their pizza, and it, it's just so good, and I just enjoyed it. Now, and if you look inside every, I love the design that they do in there. Now, I wouldn't have eaten if I wouldn't have gone inside, yeah. right? That's obvious. Yeah. I wouldn't have 
I wanted to, if I didn't open the menu and choose something to eat, I wouldn't have eaten anything. The word of God is the same way. It's up to you. When you wake up in the morning, are you going to eat? Are you going to eat? Or are you going to go slugging? Slugging. You know what I mean. If you're, are you going to be sluggish when you go throughout your day? You don't want to be a spiritually weak Christian. Those people can't run. They can't do their own lifting for themselves. You don't want to have to rely on somebody else to do your lifting for you. Because you were, you were created for a purpose. And every time you come in here, you got to see yourself. What is my purpose when I'm here? You know, there's a reason you're connected to this church. You know, I, I mean, not every church feeds like we feed. Not every church, you know, tells you how to live in faith. And not every church just gives you the word for what it is, for what it is. So it's, it's so important that we, we keep coming here with that purpose. Amen. So most Christians don't live full. What else did I write? Okay, so to live full, there must be two things that are ongoing. So I, I, I talked about feeding at the, at the word, in the word, at God's table, in his presence. But you also must develop your spirit. What does it take to develop your spirit? The word of God, uh, there's a scripture that talks about the word being the glory of God. The word of God is himself. Yeah. But there's also, there's also a spiritual um, development that must happen where you learn how to flow with God and hear his voice. Yeah. So you hear his voice in here, but you're, you'll also learn how to hear your vo- his voice on the inside. Yeah, that's right. People who don't change are people who don't hear. And if you're not changing, it's because you're not hearing. And if life is staying the same, it's because you're not in your word and you're not hearing. And you'll struggle with the same things and you'll go through the same cycle because you didn't take time to hear. Amen? Let's go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And go ahead and look at verse... Verse 20. Amen. It says, My son, and I'll read it like I'm reading it to myself on my own private time. My daughter, pay attention to my words and be willing to learn. Open your ears to my sayings. Do not, do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. They are life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. Verse 23 says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. I love that verse. From it flows the springs of life. And he says, pay attention to my words. Keep them in your sight. Keep them in your heart. He says, keep your ears open. Keep them in your sight. Keep them in your ears. Their life to those who find them and health and healing to all their flesh. Amen. So many want life and they want life more abundantly, but are they but they're not willing to sacrifice the time it takes to live full. They're not willing to they rather wake up and walk out the door without God. And but but why is that? Why would they just want to walk out? Well, they're not tasting. When you start tasting God the bitter thing won't be sweet to you. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, 
to the, to the hungry soul, every bitter thing tastes sweet. If you're not tasting of God, something else is going to taste better to you. And it's not going to be God. And it's, gonna, and it's not going to strengthen you spiritually, and it's going to leave you the same. You'll think it's sweet, but it's going to hold you back. Only the Word of God can change you and move you forward. Amen? Um, let's see. A full person isn't a half-hearted Christian. I love that. I wrote it, but I know the Spirit of God was telling me to write it. So it says, a full person isn't a half-hearted Christian. They come once a week or on a holiday. A full Christian is constantly drawing on God's fullness. I wrote, fullness will carry you from where you are to where you want to be. From where you are to where you want to be. You know, a Christian who's always striving... And it's like they it's like you oh they always feel like they're never getting getting anywhere. You know, and I'm sure we've all felt like that. I felt like that in times where it's like, gosh, it's like no matter what I do, I still keep messing up here and I still keep doing this and I just get frustrated and overwhelmed and I'm just like, Why why aren't things and why aren't things changing? Why do I still struggle with the same things? And I realize it's it's so funny. It sometimes it takes you a while to realize, oh, it's because I'm not reading my Bible. It's because I'm not talking to Jesus every day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So instead of trying to solve the problem of why you're spiritually weak, go to God's table and eat. Yes. Go to God's table and eat. Why am I spiritually weak? Why is this fine off the handle? Why am I so moved all the time by different things? Yeah. A, a full Christian isn't a Christian that's easily moved. I think of the, the Bible talks about they liken building the house on the rock, the rock being the word of God. Right. When you're full of the word, it's heavy substance, right. heavy substance. And when something's heavy, it doesn't move easy. It's not easily blown around, taken out. Amen. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. That should be you. You should be feeding on that, that weighty substance. The more you feed on that weighty substance, you won't be moved so easily. When the devil tries to come into your house and tries to tell you, you know, all these lies about your kids or about your finances, you won't be moved because you know the word and you've got the promise in you. The promise will keep you stable and steady when the world is shaken continually. If you look around right now, we all know it. People are shaking constantly under pressure of finances. The pressure of the world is intense. Why? Because darkness is getting darker. Right. Right. Darkness is only getting darker. That pressure and that intensity, what does that mean for the Christian? That means I've got to be even more grounded in what the way, this weighty right. substance. Yeah. If I'm not, that pressure of the world is going to overwhelm me. Right. It is going to, it's going to be the guide in my life. That's not what's supposed to guide me. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen? An average life won't reach anyone. An average life is only interested in itself. Verse 22 says, those words are life to those who find them. You won't find those words online, on social media. People post Bible verses online. That's just not going to work. Listen, you need more than that. You need more than that. You won't find them sitting with your curtains drawn, sitting in the dark. Just thinking, oh, man, my life is terrible. No, 
You've got to find them. The words are only life to people who decide to find them. Amen. As a Christian, as a covenant Christian, you know where to find them. Amen. Amen. So God didn't call you to live an average life. If we don't take time in his presence, we'll, we'll only live half empty. Trying to, trying to draw on dried up waters. What do I mean by that? Well, let's go ahead and... I don't know if I'll explain that. Let's go to John 14, 23. <laughs> we'll look at John 14, 23. This is Jesus talking in the book of John, the Gospels. He talks a lot, and I love it. Um, y'all get there? Yes, amen. Okay, so John 14, verse 23. Jesus, man, you read him talking to the Jews, and you read about him talking to the Gentiles, and he just shoots straight. You just got to love Jesus. He says, if a man loves me. What? Lord, let's not make this about love. Please. Mm -hmm. Please. If a man or a woman loves me, he'll keep my words. Mm -hmm. How do you keep his words? You put them in you. That's how you keep them. Keep them with all diligence. If If he loves me, he'll keep my words. My father will love him. We will come unto him and make our abode in him. You are a dwelling place of the Most High. How richly his word dwells in you is how richly you'll experience him. That's a hard, some people don't like to swallow that. They don't want to swallow that. But why? Because God's always out here for them. And that's enough for them. Just like every other good thing that's out there, good, I say good, quote unquote, good thing that's out there, it's out here. That seems to be enough for them. That's not what God's saying to do. In these last days, it's dark. You can't, you can't live off of that. You just can't. You won't make it. Amen. Your faith will be shaken. You'll be moved. Yeah. <clears throat> so how richly his word dwells in you is how richly you'll, you'll experience him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know what's so good about the Holy Ghost? Is that when you do the word, his power is, gets in on it. Yeah. You know, Amen. the thing about relationships is that they take time. They take time, and they take effort, and they take communication. And, and the truth is, it's just as simple with God. It's, he's, he's calling you to his table to partake and to feed on his word and to have a relationship and to experience him. Every day is a fresh and filling of the Holy Ghost. You can't be occupied with what you don't have and live full. What does that mean? I can't go to a table and be like, Oh, what is it that I don't have any of this? I don't have any of this. When there's a table over here that's waiting with everything I need. Right. Everything I need. His presence. There's fullness of joy. That's right. Fullness of joy. That's right. Fullness of peace. That's right. Amen. Amen. We are changed from glory to glory. If I live a spiritually rich life, I won't be satisfied with things staying the same. That's, you can gauge kind of where... You're at spiritually with, am I just okay with where I'm at? Am I just okay? Am I doing all right? And if you're okay, that's probably not okay. <laughs> because God is always, is always saying, I want to give you more. And I want to develop you to where you can reach further into the table and taste some of the things that other people aren't tasting. Turn to 2 Corinthians 3.18. I've got a lot of scriptures. I don't know if we'll get to all of them. But 2 Corinthians 3, 
verse 18, and I'll just go ahead and read it. Let you catch up. Okay, it says, and we all with unveiled face. When I read that, we all with unveiled face, I think, we all not hiding from God, but coming to him freely. We all continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image. Continually beholding the Lord, progressively being changed into his image. Continually beholding the Lord, progressively being changed into his image. Continually beholding the Lord, progressively being transformed into his image. Continually beholding, continually beholding, continually beholding. All the time, all the time, progressively being transformed. Progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to glory. From glory to glory, I'll, I'll taste him more as I continue to behold him. Amen. And it will transform me into his image. Amen. He does that. Hallelujah. Amen. Always be reaching for more. If you aren't partaking, check. Am I reaching? Am I developing my reach? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read this. We don't have to turn there. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God addresses our thoughts, our thought lives and our motives. To live a holy life, I need the power of God's word before my eyes and in my ears. It says the word of God, it discerns my thoughts and intents. The world, you know, similar to how we take in with our eyes and ears. Mm -hmm. People who are not believers are the exact same way. And the difference is what they're taking in doesn't have the power to save them. So every day when you wake up, you gotta think, what am I taking in today? Does it have the power to save me? Does it have the power to transfer me from darkness to light? Is it gonna change where I'm currently at to where I wanna be? All right. What time is it? <laughs> Has it been 30 minutes yet? 7.40? Okay, we're going to skip ahead. Hold on. Okay, got 20 minutes for an hour? Okay, okay. Um, a full life consists of two things. I keep saying that. I don't know what the other two things were over here, over here, but it's different. Okay, a full life consists of two things. What you do with your head and what you do with your spirit. Failure to feed on righteousness will leave you vulnerable to sin. Yeah. Why? Because the word of God is powerful. Yeah. It, it likens, in Hebrews 4.12, it likens the word of God to a weapon. Yeah. What's a weapon? You use it for defense. Right. Defense. Oh, wait a second. That's why I feel defenseless in the face of this. Right. Is because I don't, I'm not picking up my weapon and using it. When the enemy comes up against me, I take the word of God and I use the weapon given to me. It's powerful. It's alive and it's quick. Keep the word of God in you and keep your weapon sharp. You can't act defenseless when you've got a weapon on you. Okay? There's no use in complaining. You've got a weapon. You literally got a weapon right on you. You know, if someone attacked you and you had a knife in your pocket and you didn't use it, and you said, oh, why did that happen? You had a knife. You could have defended yourself. You must be willing to make an effort with that weapon. It means you've got to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Good swordsmen are always picking up their sword. 
good fighters are always using their weapons, they're always training, right? You must be willing to make an effort. You can't, don't get discouraged in the face of opposition, because if you brought the weapon of the word, you can't lose. Whatever we decide to do, we must make sure God is in it. So, so we know that the word's going to back us up, but you've got to make sure that the spirit is bearing witness for you. What is it that I'm doing? Does the spirit bearing witness with what I'm doing? Does the word agree with what I'm doing? If it doesn't, if none of either of those things don't apply, then I know I'll be defenseless. If God isn't in it, we have no defense mechanism because the word's not backing us up and the spirit isn't in it. Full people live in a state of constant communication with God. David, the psalmist, was a man who lived in constant communion. And I like this. I read, and I don't know where it's at, but it says that David was skillful. Um, I think it was the harper on his instrument. He was also skillful at making a joyful noise above the threats of the, of the enemy. If you're not well equipped for the fight, ask yourselves, what tools have I not been sharpening? What tools have laid useless and dull? Let's go ahead and look at John chapter 7. I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit. John chapter 7. Verse 37. Jesus is talking again. He says in verse 37. He stood up and he cried. He was passionate when he said this. He said, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's good. The scripture, take out, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his bellies will flow rivers of living water. How do you know what the scripture's saying? You're looking at it. You, your, your faith and your believing needs a landing place, and it's the scripture of God. And once you got a landing place for your believing, what does it say? Out of your bellies flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water, which means things that shouldn't be there are going to come out. Things that need to be washed away are going to be washed away. Why? You believe on him, as the scripture hath said, the rivers of living water flow. They flow. I'm just going to read a few scriptures. Um, Isaiah 12, 3 says, Come, you who are thirsty, and drink with joy. Draw water from the wells of salvation. Psalm 16, 11 says, You will show me the path of life. You could just stop right there. You will show me the path of life. In your presence, you will show me the path of life. In your presence. Oh, we could stop right there. You will show me the path of life in your presence. And then it adds, is fullness of joy. Is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Never depend on people for your fullness. It's up to you. You are a vessel. Every day you go to your table of the word of God. Every day you partake of the word and you pull and you use your weapons and you sharpen your weapons and you get skillful. And when the fight comes and when the opposition comes, you're not, you're not afraid. You're not unprepared. Why? You've been at the table. You've been eating. So you're not spiritually weak. 
You don't feel spiritually sluggish. You're not easily distracted. You have focus because you're well fed. Right? Amen? Start each day in the spirit. What does that mean? Yield your tongue to the spirit. Yield your tongue to what God's saying to you. Amen? Don't wait for a man or woman of God to encourage you. Uh, One of my teachers, when I was in history class, he would say, you know, back then people just would say, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You know, I don't know if anyone's heard, you guys maybe have heard of that. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. How do you do that? You don't wait on a man or woman of God to encourage you. When you're spiritually strong, you can reach in that table and get what you need. So I encourage you, if you need healing, you've got to feed on healing. What you need, you need to feed on. Amen. Amen. Only you know that in your heart. I want to skip ahead. I want to read about the story of David. Because I have this in my notes, and I got so excited when I was reading it. The story of David is in, we'll look at 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 17. Chapter 17. Verse 43. We'll start at verse 43. I can get there. Are y'all there? Okay. Verse 43. The Philistine is talking here. He says unto David, Am I a dog that you come to me with staves? I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Yeah, that's usually how the enemy goes. What is he after? He's after your faith. He's after what you believe. You notice how he didn't say, David, you sure are ugly. He didn't really like say, oh, David, man, you are, you're really weak looking. You're tiny. What are you, 15? Are you 12? He didn't come for how he looked. He came for his faith. He came straight for his God. That's just like the enemy. That's what he wants is your faith. But then, David, but then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. That was his weapon. Notice how he likened that. I come in the name of the Lord. He answered, I come in the name of the Lord. And he said, You come with weapons, but that's my weapon. I come with God. This day, then he says what's going to happen by faith. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, I will smite thee. He's speaking the end result. Do you notice how the victory's in his mouth? He actually hasn't even fired off his slingshot yet. Where was the victory? It was in his mouth. He said, I will smite thee. I'll take thine head from you. So you got to be like with the devil. Devil, I'll take your head off. You mess with me and my family, I'm going to take your head off. I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and a spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. The battle is the Lord's. He says, you come to me with a spear, with a sword. I come in the name of the Lord. And guess what? The battle is with the Lord. Is with the Lord. It is the Lord's. The victory was in his mouth first. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose... And came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted, and ran, and ran toward, what? Mm-hmm. He ran toward the opposition? Yeah. What? Now, most Christians, that's not the mindset we take, is it? Yeah. 
How can I get out of this situation? What can I do financially to pull myself out? What can I do to eliminate this problem in my life? That's the first thing they think. They don't have the victory in their mouth and they're not running at the giant. Why? Maybe it's because they're not feeding in his presence. Spiritually, if you're spiritually weak, you won't have the audacity to run. (laughs) Or the strength to run, you should say. You don't run if you're spiritually weak. David put his hand in his bag, took thence a stone, he slang it, smote the Philistine in his forehead, and keeps on going, keeps on going, and then he says, oh, and he cut off his head therewith. The Philistines saw their champion was dead, and they all fled. I love that scripture. I just think that's such a great scripture. So, uh, there's, a, there's a minister, and he has a book, and it's, it's called Don't Run at Your Giant with Your Mouth Shut. David didn't run at his giant with his mouth shut. You can't be silent and be full. You can't be silent and have the victory. Full people are people who have the victory in their, in their mouth, and guess what? They always win. Why? Because the victory is in their mouth. So, I just want to encourage you, don't let the devil discourage you. During this time, I don't know, everyone has different things that seem to come up around this time of year. I don't know if you've noticed, it's, it always seems to be around this time of year yeah. when, you're, when you're seeing more people and there's a little bit more pressure maybe on you. Don't let the devil discourage you. You have a weapon and you're supposed to pick up that weapon and fight. David knew he was going to win, but if he didn't fight, he would have lost by default. What's the giant in your life that you, that you seem to be facing on a constant basis? Yeah. You know, we think, how can I win this fight? Well, adjustment, adjustment used to be made in the word. Wait a second. Yeah. I already won. <laughs> but if I don't put the victory in my mouth, yeah. you notice how no one else, no, no other Israelite, no one on David's team had the victory in their mouth. Yeah. They were hiding. Yeah. They were hiding. What if David didn't put the victory in his mouth? Right. What if he didn't do that? What if he didn't answer his enemy? He wouldn't have went and fought, and I, I guarantee he wouldn't have won. Yeah. He said, the battle's the Lord. So dare to put your victory in your mouth. God's on your side. Amen. Amen. It's important we look to God and not, for man, not to man for fullness. Right. Without the word, man is to come to pressure, ongoing battles that end in defeat. Answers come as you step out and obey God. There's clarity. There's provision at the table. There's victory that's already been won, and it's waiting on your mouth, and it's waiting for you to step out on your faith. Amen. 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 I think I'll stop right there. And if that, what time is it? Almost eight? Okay. All right. Well, praise God. We're just going to pray. Amen. Just close your eyes, bow your heads. Hallelujah. Father, we lift you up. We thank you that you're in this place, Jesus. Father, I just ask you right now, if there's anything, if there's anything that these, that these precious people are facing, Father God, that you reveal to them in your word the steps to take. And I thank you, Father God, they have courage and that they have victory over their present situation. I take my authority over every demon in hell that's been harassing their minds and harassing their lives. And I say, in the name of Jesus, you go in Jesus' name. And I I just, I worship you, Jesus. I glorify you. I magnify you. That's part of putting the victory in your mouth is putting praise in your mouth. I praise you, Jesus, 
I worship you, Jesus. The battle is yours. The battle is yours. I just put the victory in my mouth, and the battle is yours. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Well, I think that's all I have for tonight. Thank you for joining us. Um, December 25th, Christmas, Sunday, we're going to all come back here at 10 a.m., and we're going to have a short, they said half an hour service. We'll see if that happens. Um, (laughs) And so we'll see you all on Christmas. Amen. Have a good rest of your week. We'll see you.